Last time, uh, some things were going on that have that, that that kind of spill over into this chapter, and as we get into this uh, king whose name is Ahaziah, who's going to reign for one year only, um, uh, we're going to move into the reign of the only ruling queen of uh, either Israel or Judah, and she's actually related to both ruling houses because she's the granddaughter of the Omri family related to Ahab and Jezebel. And, uh, uh, and her name is Athaliah. And we're going to get into her. But these are their dates. Uh, just uh, to comment about this, uh, Israel and Judah have a total of 43 monarchs. So Saul, David, Solomon are the three on top. And then in the divided kingdom, it just happens that there are 20 in Israel up north and 20 in Judah down south. The dates don't match up. The southern kingdom lasts uh, 150 years longer, something like that, but there are 20 monarchs in one and 20 in the other one. And so if you're keeping score, uh, we're, we've, we've, we've talked about Rehoboam and his son Abijah, Asa, a good king, Jehoshaphat, a good king, Jehoram, now Ahaziah, and we'll be uh, 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 then moving into Athaliah after this. And just to remind us of something before we get to the Athaliah story um, and the actual picture I have of her, you'll see, uh, is this from last week. Just remember, the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David. Uh, we had some very wicked kings here. And, but the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David, and since he had promised to give a lamp to him and to his sons forever. So the Lord was not willing to wipe out this family. But we're about to find out that Queen Athaliah was perfectly willing and almost did wipe out this entire family. Uh, and we also had last time this verse toward the end of chapter 21. The Lord stood up against Jehoram, the hostility of the Philistines, the Arabs, they came against Judah successfully invading it and carried away all the possessions found at the king's palace as well as his sons and wives. None of his sons were left except Jehoahaz, the youngest. And Jehoahaz is Ahaziah in our text. So you take the two elements, Jeho, which is God's name, Jehovah, and Ahaz and flip them and Ahaz Yah is Ahaziah but it's Jehoahaz it's the same name flipped the residents of Jerusalem made Ahaziah Jehoram's youngest son king in Jehoram's place because of the raiding band which had come to the camp with the Arabs and had killed all the older sons so now we find out what happened to those in, the, in that battle that we we if you remember, we kind of cut that battle off last week and didn't get to it. We had a little commercial break, and now we're coming back to what happened. The, the sons got killed. I presume the wives were either killed or sold or whatever. And, um, and so Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, ruled as king of Judah. Ahaziah was 22 uh, when he became king, and he ruled as king in Jerusalem for one year. His mother's name was Athaliah, granddaughter of Omri, so right in the middle of this family is where this woman comes from. And do you think she is a good, fine believer? 
not in any way a stretch of the imagination. So he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab because his mother was advising him how to do wicked things. He Advising him how to do wicked things. That's wonderful. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord as the house of Ahab did because they were his advisors after the death of his father. This led to his destruction. He also followed their advice and went with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, the king of Israel, to wage war against Hazael, king of Aram at Ramoth-Gilead. The Arameans wounded Joram there. So on your map there you see Jerusalem and where Ramoth-Gilead is over in, um, we would call it probably um, uh, the southern part of Gilead, the, the, the good cow country over on the, on the east side of the Sea of Galilee there. Um, and he's going to make it back across the Jordan, uh, but this is where that battle took place. I, don't, I, I didn't draw the arrows, but they're, so I don't know if that's the way you would go, the route you would take, but anyway. He returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds he had received at Ramah when he was fighting against Hazael, king of Aram. Ahaziah, son of Joram, king of Judah, went down to visit Jehoram, son of Ahab, in Jezreel because Jehoram had been wounded. Do you see how confusing it is with these names when they're all spelled the same way? Um, it's going to get worse because pretty soon we're going to have the same guy's name spelled two ways in the same sentence. Um, that's going to happen a couple times in this chapter, and I'll explain that. Um, some of us here are old enough to remember President Reagan, uh, not, not Reagan, President Ford. Um, and I know that you two are not. Um, but do the rest of us remember what President Ford preferred people call him, what, what first name they used for him? He had a nickname based on his, on his first name. So he preferred it if people called him Jerry. But the starched news media of the 1970s refused to say Jerry on the air, so they always called him Gerald. But he didn't like the name Gerald. He preferred Jerry. So you've got this thing with Jerry and Gerald in the same sentence sometimes. Um, and that's going to happen here with Joram and Jehoram, which is just about the same name as Jerry and Gerald. Okay. It was due to God that Ahaziah's downfall came about when he went to visit Joram. After Ahaziah had, had arrived, he went out with Jehoram to meet Jehu, son of Nimshi, whom the Lord had anointed to cut off the house of Ahab. So first of all, there's the Joram-Jehoram pair. But does this Jehu sound familiar to some of us? He is going to be the next king in the north. Um, so when you have these assassinations up north, the guy who does the assassination is either going to become the next king or he's going to get killed. So one of the two things is going to happen. Uh, I don't know if you've watched enough gangster movies and TV shows to know this, but in America and Sicily, if, uh, when, when the assassin pulls the trigger, what usually happens to the assassin? Yeah, somebody gets rid of him. Uh, uh, his, he, he's, that guy is the hitman, but then there's another guy called the cleaner. So you, you, you hire the new kid to be the hitman and then get rid of him, and then there's no evidence anymore. Um, so, uh, so when, for example, um, in the aftermath of Kennedy's assassination, <laughs> uh, 
you, were you predicting that, <laughs> that, uh, that uh, you have uh, um, John Wilkes Booth being brought out for uh, trial or something like that? And this guy is in the middle of the group of the photographers named Jack Ruby, who is, I think, a nightclub owner or something like that, with a 38 pistol. And what does Jack Ruby do on live television? He kills John, I almost said John Wilkes Booth, uh, 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 Lee Harvey Oswald, shoots him in the stomach um, and tries to run, but of course he gets tackled and arrested and so forth. And did they kill him? I forgot what happened to Ruby. Oh, did he die of cancer or something yes, like that? Good. Yeah, okay. All righty. Uh, see, I, I, I passed history class. Um, when, but Jehu, on the other hand, Jehu is going to rise up to the, to the top of things. When Jehu was carrying out judgments on the house of Ahab, remember, he was actually anointed by the Lord to do this stuff. Um, so he was a divine hitman. To end the... The thing, the, the thing the Lord wanted done was, we got to get rid of this house of Ahab. This is causing everything to crumble. So we got we to gotta, we gotta axe uh, Ahab's family. That's this house of Omri. So when Jehu was carrying out judgment on the house of Ahab, he met the officials of Judah and the sons of Ahaziah's brothers who attended Ahaziah, and he killed them. Ahaziah is the king of the south. Jehu just wiped out the folks up north, and now he's taking care of the family of Ahab that has been uh, bred in the, in the south as well. He also searched for Ahaziah and captured him while he was hiding in Samaria. Um, what do you know about Samaria? This is the city, by the way, not the region. At this time, Samaria was brand new. It was not that old. Um, uh, Jezebel's husband had built Samaria. Um, he had, it was a brand new city, uh, built as the capital city, so it's, it's like the paint is still wet on this place. Um, and a uh, brand new capital city, and it, it is typical of the fortified cities of the, of the 9th century BC when this happened. Um, and one of the classic features that's hard to see in many older cities is that it has the usual, typical, Middle Eastern right-hand gateway. Uh, can I demonstrate this for you? So you have this doorway, right? And it might be no bigger than this, or it might be a little bit bigger. Uh, and the door into the actual city would be here. But the door to get into the gateway is over there. Why would you do that? Why would you make a corner? And why would it always be a right-hand corner? Well, because most of the warriors were right-handed. And if I'm carrying a sword, I can't rush into the gate of the city swinging this way very easily. But they could swing at me terribly easily from inside the city. So they had these right-hand gateways. It was a little bit bigger than this. Um, but uh, it's a and Samaria is one of these fortified cities with this right-hand turn. Um, into the city. They brought him to Jehu. This is Ahaziah hiding in Samaria. They brought him to Jehu who put him to death. Um, the, these executions in these chapters have no fanfare. There's no long Hollywood speech. You know, aha, I've caught you and now I'm going to tell you my evil plan before I, hey, where'd he go? 
you know, one of the, they, they, they catch the guy, they kill him. That's, that's what they do. Um, they put him to death. There's no ceremony. They buried him because they said, he is the grandson of Jehoshaphat who sought the Lord with all his heart. There was nobody from the house of Ahaziah strong enough to rule the kingdom. So they do give Ahaziah a, a royal kingly burial, mostly for the sake of Jehoshaphat. Um, and then they realize there's nobody to take over. This guy is 21. How old is his oldest child if he has any children? At most, two, three, five, something, you know, so, uh, uh, and, and maybe zero. Uh, we don't know. Actually, we do know, um, but, uh, but there's, there's not much. Um, also, just as an aside here, Second King tells us that it was at this time, this, this story is not part of Chronicles, but it's at this time that wicked Queen Jezebel also is killed at this time. Um, she got defenestrated, so, which means thrown out a window. Um, anyway, now back to, I said I had an actual picture of Athaliah. I do have an actual picture of Athaliah. As a child, this was the scariest woman I had ever heard of. And this gave me nightmares as a kid. Um, and this, this is from a kid who had watched all the Star Trek episodes. And it was her that got, gave me the willies. Not the Gorn or anything, but anyway. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she went into action and destroyed all the royal heirs belonging to the house of Judah. Who are these people to her? These are her grandchildren, nieces and nephews, all the people around, all the people that she had been buying Christmas presents for. They didn't have that holiday then, but all of that. Uh, uh, those, these are people that she knew, and now she kills them all to establish herself um, on the throne of the, of the city, um, of the country. But... Um, I'm going to call her uh, Jehoshaba because Kings calls her Jehoshaba, and I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, uh, Jehoshabiath, Jehoshabiath. I'm not really sure, but I'm going to call her Jehoshaba. She she's an interesting woman. She is not only uh, the uh, the daughter of the king. She I think she's Ahaziah's sister but she is also the wife of the high priest so this is a woman with some ties and some inroads and so Jehoshaba the daughter of the king took I think and King Jehoshaphat not Ahaziah uh, I'm sorry I'm sorry I, 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 Jehoram King Jehoram uh, she took Joash, the son of Ahaziah. She stole him away from among the king's sons who were to be killed. So they were gathered together like in under sentence of death. And she grabs this toddler, this one-year-old. And she put him and his nurse in a bedroom. And because she was a sister of Ahaziah, Jehoshaba, the daughter of King Jehoram, and wife of Jehoiada the priest, and this is the high priest, hid Joash from Athaliah so that she could not kill him. Uh, so this woman squirrels away this toddler. And would it be difficult to hide a, a one? And well, let's, let's, let's go the other route. What other Bible story does this remind you of? Moses. Yeah, Moses, any others? Kill all the babies? Jesus. 
Yeah, and Herod with 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 the with the with the boys in uh, in uh, Bethlehem. I had to write a paper on that in college, um, and estimate how many babies that probably was. Um, not many. Bethlehem was a was a village in those days, but nevertheless, it doesn't it doesn't diminish the fact that they were killed um, just because they happened to be born in the same era. Um, but yeah, there are echoes here of Moses, and it foreshadows uh, Jesus. Uh, but she gets him away. He was kept hidden with them in the house of God for six years while Athaliah was ruling over the land. Um, so now how old is he? About seven. He was one, probably, and now for six years, and he's probably about seven now. Um, and uh, so he is now uh, uh, Jehoiada, now her husband, and therefore the, 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 the child's basically foster father um, anoints him as the next king of Judah. Uh, so in the seventh year, Jehoiada strengthened himself by entering into a covenant with the commanders of the, hus of the hundreds. These are basically generals. That's actually their picture. No, the, the, the seated guy in the middle is General Marshall. If you remember him from World War II, the Marshall Plan and so forth. He's, if you see on his shoulder, he's got four stars. That's a high-ranking general. Um, so, and their names, Azariah, son of Jehoram, Ishmael, son of uh, uh, Jehochanan, Azariah, son of Obed, Maesiah, the son of Adiah, and Elishaphat, the son of Zikri. So this, uh, uh, the staff of the army is in on this, and he makes a covenant with them. And to do this, I'm going to use my blue knife and this goat. And so what did you do to make a covenant? Um, you spoke what the terms of the covenant. A covenant is an agreement. It's a deal you make with somebody, often over land or over uh, a treaty over mutual uh, protection or something like that. In this case, it was to support the king. Um, and uh, then what they, would, what they would do, they would cut a covenant. The Hebrew word for to make a covenant is berit. Berit is to cut. So you would first of all cut the animal's throat and then cut the animal in half. It's about that easy. Um, and then as you walk through, well, probably holding the paper or the, or the uh, clay tablet, whatever it was that you made, and you would read it, and then you and the guy making the covenant with you would walk through at the same time or one after another saying, May what happened to these animals happen to me if I break this covenant. That's a covenant. And do you remember when God made this covenant with Abraham? Did Abraham go through the pieces of the animals? No. What did? The smoking fire, the smoking fire pot. God went through, but Abraham didn't. It was a one-sided covenant. That's remarkable. And uh, in Middle Eastern cultures, it, that, that really trips people up. Um, we understand because we're just taught it, like, oh, okay. But was a, this was a two-sided covenant between all of these guys um, and the Lord that they would keep this uh, to support the king and with each other as well. So they went around Judah and gathered the Levites from all the cities of Judah and the leading fathers of Israel who came to Jerusalem. In the book of Kings, this section 
focuses on the lay leaders, like those generals and so forth. In Chronicles, we have a shift of emphasis to the Levites and priests also. Why is that? I think because in Chronicles, you have this emphasis of being faithful to the Lord and to the Lord's proper temple. And so the Levite, it's the, 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 the author of Chronicles wants to show that God's spiritual leaders were in on this as well as the lay leaders. Um, so you have this mention of the, of the Levites. Also, the Levites were not um, uh, uh, um, exempted from military service. The priests were, but the Levites were not. So the Levites could be called up into service and they could handle weapons and so forth. We're going to see them handling weapons um, here as well. Well, there were consequences for, for all of those murders in the north. Um, uh, man after man in, in Israel in the north who, who murders to get the throne is in turn murdered. It just happens again and again and again. There, there's the, the only real dynasty in the north is the dynasty of Omri, which is the one that just came to a close with the death of Ahab um, and, and, and Jezebel. That was, the, that, that was a four-generation dynasty in the north. There aren't any others. There are some father-son things, but mostly it's general killing king. Well, we're not told what their reaction was. Um, we will be told what the reaction here is when, uh, when, when, when the conclusion of all of this bloodshed is over. We're going to be told what the people thought of it. And we were earlier when, um, which king was it? Was it uh, uh, Jehoram when he died and they didn't even build him a bonfire? You know, they didn't bury him with his fathers. There was no bonfire. There was no music, nothing. They just kind of threw him in the, do you remember at the end of, of, of the movie Amadeus when you see that Mozart's family was so poor, he got thrown in the pauper's grave? So there's a, there's a whole, basically a trench of bodies wrapped up in linen and he gets plumped down. There's Wolfgang Mozart and, and then they just throw a shovel full of lime on top of him in the rain and that's it. You know, that's kind of what happened to King Jehoram as well. Well, the whole assembly made this covenant with the king in the house of God and Jehoiada said to them, this is the high priest, look, here is the king's Son, So I, I don't see how you can have this incident happen without producing the body as well. So they had to have him there. Um, this was, um, and he, by the way, I think that you know what this, this term is in Latin, even if you don't think that you do. In the Civil War, Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus. You do know the Latin for it which means produce the body. It means you can't put somebody on trial without them physically being there. You have to have them in order to put them on trial. And Lincoln had all kinds of people he had to convict who were now traitors. And they couldn't bring them up. And so he had to suspend the writ of habeas corpus just to get the government going. In a time of rebellion, you kind of have to. Um, and uh, and uh, so anyway... Um, here you see the, the, the reverse where the high priest does produce the person. Here he is. This actually is and pretty hard to do a changeover of the, of, the, of, the, of the monarchy if you don't have the next guy 
in front of the people? You know, who would believe it then? You know, is it some kind of a puppet? What, you know, what, what's going on here? Um, so yeah, here is the king's son. He will rule as king just as the Lord has promised concerning the sons of David. And uh, this is what you will do. One third of you who are coming on duty. This is, he's talking to the, to the Levites. Okay. In, the, in kings, he's not. He's talking to everybody. But here is the Levites. This is just the Levite part of the speech. A third of you who are coming on duty on the Sabbath to perform your duties as priests and Levites are to guard the gates. One third of you will be in the palace of the king and one third at the fountain gate, which was the gate in between the palace and the temple, down on the street level. It was easy access for the people to get up into the temple from, from the palace side. And they had to kind of, they had to protect the palace and the, and the thing. So all the people will be stationed in the courtyards of the house of the Lord. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.